welcome to the How To Gurus, a podcast with honest conversations from everyday people about how to do this thing called life. You are listening to episode 15. In this episode, you are going to hear Craig and I discuss how to change careers at middle age. It can be a scary thing, can be a nerve-wracking thing. It's not a thing a lot of people want to do, but it is a thing that Craig is doing, and I'm so proud of him for taking this leap and jumping into this new venture, and I'm proud of him for being willing to come on the podcast and share his honesty with you all, so I really hope you enjoy the episode. I appreciate so much, and Craig appreciates so much the support that this podcast is receiving. We are continuing to get really great reviews on Apple Podcasts specifically. So if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, just jump on over there, give us five-star rating and write us a really positive review. We sure would love it. And we might just pick it to read here on the podcast. I'm going to read one today. It is from Betty Rebel 25 and the title says How To Gurus and it has five emoji stars and I appreciate that so much and it also does have a five-star rating and says looking for a clean thoughtful and encouraging podcast this is the one this podcast offers its listeners an honest and heartwarming perspective in the form of a genuine conversation while no one is an expert on everything Craig and Tiffany come pretty close to expert with this podcast thank you so much Betty Rebel 25 and we continue to say while we are experienced we are not experts but I love that this comment points out that we do our podcast in the form of genuine conversation that's really what this podcast is it's mostly just Craig and me talking and talking about our experiences talking about how to do this thing called life from our perspective so knowing that people are enjoying it and are continuing to listen it really does my heart good so keep sharing the show keep sending those episodes to your friends keep giving us ratings and reviews on your podcast listening app follow us on social media where you find us facebook at the how to gurus and instagram at the how to gurus podcast and if you know someone that we should interview let us know if we should interview you let us know we are all for how to knowledge just in random conversations of how to do this thing called life so just let us know look us up and let us know and now on to the episode all right hey, hey. hi how are you i uh, just getting ready to podcast do a little podcast today yeah get it cranked out yeah just got done outside it's so hot out here yeah you did just mow the yard which i appreciate because our yard was very very tall so what i appreciate is we have a very responsible son mm-hmm He's 12, and this Almost year 13. I gave him, that was literally the first time we got a new mower, different mower to us, and that was literally the first time I've ever used it. And we've had it for how long? Uh, we got it last year at the end of riding season. Wow. Or at the end of mowing season, excuse me. End of riding season. Yeah. <laughs> it's a riding, riding season. Motorcycles, cars, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the first time I've literally ever mowed our grass, so that was his chore. It's his responsibility to do all the mowing, and he does it well. Yeah, he does a good job. So we transitioned from me doing all the mowing. To I just did the weed eating and the blowing because he couldn't do that because mm-hmm. he liked to you know drive the mower. Oh yeah, just like any cool guy does. <laughs> um, I like to drive. Yeah. So this time because it was so hot and it is overgrown where we've been out of time. We'll get to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. I decided well I'll help him because it's going to be you know pretty hot and probably a little longer at doing the weed eating and blowing and stuff like that. So. Yeah, because it is the middle of the afternoon middle in of the afternoon. July in yeah. Middle Tennessee, which is humid. just very hot and humid. 
So I did the mowing, and that was the first time I've been on that mower in, since last season. Well, I'm looking out the window right now, and you did a great job. Thank you. It looks nice. But I had to come in and take a cold shower. So Because <laughs> you were so hot, and you had grass stuck to you. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, I mean, sweating. usually mowing, you don't get that much, but I was sweating so much because of it's humid. But mm-hmm. Anyhow, Tennessee yeah. is humid and hot. Very hot We just and got humid. back from Connecticut. Mm-hmm. It was which not was humid there. The same temperatures, mm-hmm. but not as humid. And they, it was a major difference. They were unseasonably warm, is what yeah. we were hearing from the yeah. locals. Because you think of the New England states and northern states that they don't get into the 90s. But it right. was, I think, 90 a yeah. couple of the days that we were there. And I actually went for a run a couple of times in the afternoon when it was 90 degrees. And it was hot. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. But it the feeling of it was so much different yeah, than totally here different. in Miltensee. Because their humidity was very low, yeah. in my opinion. I was talking to one of the my friends from the class and they're from texas a couple of them were actually and they were talking about how it was insanely hot down there oh yeah texas so they're is under worse like than us heat warnings and stuff like mm-hmm. that which we all are i think across the nation yeah it's hot stay safe out there yes <laughs> stay so safe people <laughs> anyhow we're going to talk a little bit about careers yeah. yeah because we were just in connecticut yeah you and i went for a whole week because you had some work training there yeah and I decided to tag along because I've not been to Connecticut. I think I've been through it, but not yeah. to it. Kind of a situation like that. So uh, you invited me to come along. And I said, sure, why not? Yeah. You were in class all day, literally all day. all day. But you did have some free evenings. And so we got to go out and explore. We were in a town called Southbury, yeah. Connecticut. And I was able to work remotely during the day, which was nice. I was glad that my work was able to let me yeah. do that and then you and I just had some freedom in the evening just to go to dinner and there's not really a whole lot to do no. in Southbury, Connecticut. Like not that go we found. a couple of hole in the walls. Yeah. But it was fun. Yeah. I remember when we got there you were like, Oh my gosh, am I gonna be able to work remotely? Do they even have internet here? I know. <laughs> it's well so we remote. knew we were going to a conference center and I got online and checked out the resort is yeah. what they call themselves like conference center <laughs> golf course spa like all this stuff i'm like oh i'll be able to work remote totally fine it's a sure. conference center they're gonna have great sure. wi-fi and all that and then we pulled up and i was like oh i have questions <laughs> it's just a very old establishment it's very pretty it's very it was quaint very beautiful. yes very remote i could definitely see it as a getaway place and they did have great wi-fi I yeah, did not have problem go. one at all with their internet. Yeah, so this the facility was the feel of it. built a long time yeah. ago. Yes. And, and I think a lot of Connecticut was like that. As we looked around, mm-hmm. it just seemed to be like this very older community. Right. Compared to what I th- guess because where we live in Murfreesboro, not that Murfreesboro is new. No, but, but it's just changing so much. It is. So there's a lot of new around us. Yeah. A lot of the facilities are new. And even some of the old structures that have been in Murfreesboro, they're tearing them down and just rebuilding yeah. them. So there's just a lot of new buildings or reconstruction that has come to our area with yeah. the explosive growth that Murfreesboro, Tennessee has had. So I guess Southbury, Connecticut hasn't experienced that. So what's one state that you've always said you want me to take you to? <laughs> There's more than one, but I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> so, I would like to have a New York City vacation. Yeah, yeah. And I we flew into LaGuardia and I drove around the edge of Manhattan. Uh-huh. So I technically took you there. Craig literally wanted me to buy a magnet that said New York. <laughs> because he's like, I took you to New York. And I said, this does not count. <laughs> so my personality is... 
all those people, all that headache of traveling, all that busyness is not my cup of tea. No. If you know me and you know me well, I don't like that. So the thought of going to New York City and going to Times Square and all those places, Mm -hmm. you know, there is just like a headache just thinking about it. So actually doing it would be nuts. But one day... I'm going to have to take you there. But Are you? you don't have to. I told you I would take Taylor. We'll do a yeah, girl's trip there. To go. Well, no, I, I want to say I've been there. I want to travel a little bit. Well, I mean, technically you can say you've been there because you yeah, have. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know that the two hours we were there really no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's just funny because I can say we went to New York. And that was fun. We rented a car at the airport and we decided to go quote the long way we didn't take the toll on the interstate we kind of went through the city so that we could do a little bit of the sightseeing and we drove right past manhattan and central park see i didn't get a whole lot of the sightseeing because i was so worried about you were uh, running over all the freaking people that were just you were very concentrated bikes i did a lot of looking around which was nice and then we drove as we were driving north we drove past like um Harlem and the Bronx and yep. so we drove past all those things we were kind of traveling along the river Yonkers <laughs> yeah we didn't stop and no, do anything no, we just, just were driving through around. yeah yeah so, so anyhow careers yeah so, so your your why? career has been like pretty uh locked in yes I started working at a bank when that was my very first job well, yeah, but I'm talking so, about it's like since college. I mean, I know, but I'm just in. taking it way back. Like this oh, is literally what I've always done. So when I turned 16, I did not get a car or a job right away. My birthday's in the fall. So in the spring, so I was probably about 16 and a half, my dad brought home a car for me. And he said, here's your car. Now, how do you want to pay for it? <laughs> <laughs> because I have good parents who wanted to teach me about money and responsibility. So I do appreciate that. But basically it was like, here's your car so that you can go out and find a job. Yeah. Because prior to that, anytime I wanted to do anything, I just borrowed my mom's car. So I, it was, must have been the the close to when school was getting out. So I started going around and applying at different places and I knew I did not want to do food service. I didn't want to serve tables or wait tables. You'd get good tips. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe, but I just didn't want to try. Yeah, yeah. Didn't feel like my thing. So I applied to be a hostess at a couple of places. And then I don't know what made me walk into a bank and apply at a bank. But we had a very small local community bank in my town. And I walked in and I turned in a resume and filled an application. And they called me back for an interview. And they gave me a job that summer, like a full-time Monday through Friday, 8 to 4.30 yeah. kind of a job. And I really liked it. But it was only for the summer. So when school started, I wasn't able to work there anymore. So I worked at a pharmacy during the school year. And then at the end of that school year, there was a girl who had gone to college and she was coming back for the summer and she had worked at the pharmacy previously. So she had asked if she could come back to work. And so when I knew she was coming back, I asked the pharmacist if I could have the summer off and that girl could have my hours. Yeah. And I went back to the bank and they let me come back for a second summer. And I just really, really liked banking. I really enjoyed it the atmosphere and the people and the work itself. So when you and I were getting married and moving to Chattanooga and I started looking for jobs in Chattanooga, that's all I applied at was banks. And that launched my banking career there. I got hired on at a bank in Chattanooga. And then we moved to Murfreesboro again. That's pretty much all I looked for was banking jobs. Yeah. Cause you were comfortable in that. I comfortable and I like it. I just really yeah. feel yeah. like it's where I, where I fit and what I'm meant to do. And so the job I have now is the job I got hired on for pretty much then when we moved back to Murfreesboro in 2002 right. and it's the same place. Like I've worked at the same bank 
since then. So yeah, I've, I'm pretty much set on yeah, what my career is and career. what I've done. And now there's been a lot of flexibility in that because I did work full time before we had kids. Right. And then when we had kids, I became mostly a stay home mom and the firm where I work, they have just been so wonderful to work oh, with yeah. me and they let me work very minimal hours for a long time. And just as our kids have grown, I've kind of added hours back to my work week. And yep. so about a year and a half ago, I went back full time for the yeah. first time in a long time and it's been great. And yeah, this is just, this is what I do. But your work story is a, a little lot bit different, different. <laughs> a, a little, little bit different, a lot different from mine. Yeah. But I did start. The only thing that's similar is I did kind of start out in a bank, did the teller thing. But by that time, I think it was my second job. Yeah. When you were in high school. Yeah. So I started out at a pizza shop, washing dishes and mm-hmm. getting to make some pizzas and stuff like that. And didn't last there very long at all. Um, no. But I've done everything, retail, banking, working at the piece shop, if you want to count that for a few months. I've turned wrenches. Yeah. I've been in construction. I've been in building maintenance, building engineering, mm-hmm. you name it. I'm going to interrupt you for just a second and say I did try to take a career change one time. Oh, yeah. I had worked yeah. at this job where I work now. I had worked there for a couple of years and... I thought, well, I've done banking for a long time because at that point I'd probably been in it for, I don't know, five or six years you know, yeah, total. I that. And I thought, well, let me try something else. And so I applied to work for a chiropractor as an in billing insurance. Yeah. And it was terrible. <laughs> and I did not like it. And you don't like the insurance work? The, insur- the job itself was not bad, but the work environment was not good. Okay. Um, there was not great leadership in the office where I was. And I had not really experienced that before. And so it was very discouraging and very difficult. But as we've said before, God plans everything out because you've got a good friend that you would not have had. I say that all the time. Shout out to my friend, Ashley. I would not know her. We are still friends today. And I would not know her. This was back almost 20 years ago that I worked there. It was like in 2004. So I met her then and we've just stayed. She doesn't work there anymore either. But she and I became friends and are still friends to this day. And thankfully, I worked for that chiropractor's office for a year. And literally a year to the day from when I left my job at the bank, I went back the next year. So like I left in February 04 and came back in February 05 because they were just nice and more my position came open and they let me have it back. So And I was so thankful. So I did derail my banking career for a year. To try, to try my hand at something new. And I was like, well, this was a mistake. <laughs> but like you said, it wasn't. I know God yeah. has used it for sure. He yeah. used it to teach me a lot, yeah. um, just personally. But then he gave me Ashley. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, my story's a little different. Yeah. So, so you did do the banking for a bit. I did do banking for a little bit. And originally, that was right before college, senior year, worked full-time at a bank. Originally, the guy that was over the, I it was two different things that was interested me in banking and one was the lending more specifically the auto part because I got to help also repo cars oh yeah I forgot you did that that you had so much fun with that and then the guy that was over the IT department at the credit union that I worked at I just you know idolized I thought he was really cool guy so I originally left to go to college for computer information systems Mm -hmm. and had that set went to college and decided college wasn't for me yeah like first semester I decided that I just (laughs) <laughs> did not like it, but I didn't want to leave without something. So I switched my degree to what I would consider an easier degree, which is business management, and got out as quick as I could. Yeah, did as much as I needed to do, got out and just started in the 
in the world, you know, working. So we came back and worked with dad for a little bit, kind of building a little business there with some basically maintenance. Mm -hmm, um, Like handyman work. Handyman service type stuff. And so we were able to do that and just kind of find some direction. And then we uh, decided that we wanted to start our family. Mm -hmm. Kind of got a little freaked out about the self-employment thing. And (laughs) a job came up at the county. The county and where we lived. I, um, doing a similar thing to what you were yeah, doing in your business. Yeah, doing maintenance and mm-hmm. stuff on county buildings. So then I started my stint with the county for 13 years there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did multiple jobs within the county there. I was an inspector for seven years. And the home building, building inspector. Building inspector, homes, yeah. yeah. Residential commercial building inspector. Like did new construction and, and additions and stuff. Additions, remodels, you name it. Um, you really liked that job. Yeah. But then the opportunity came up, and I was able to get the uh, assistant director's position over the facilities, and I did that for another what five years, I think, somewhere around there. Yeah, I can't remember exactly, but yeah, because yeah, I think that seven years right. was inspector. It was thirteen total with. You did a year as so a maintenance year tech, and then seven as a years. Tech, seven years as a building inspector, and then back for another five years at the facilities department. in the management part. Yeah, in the management part. And loved that. I really did. Kind of my wheelhouse. You know, I've always wanted to manage people, be able to still keep my hands in the mix of doing a few things. And we mm-hmm. were able to kind of pick and choose what we wanted to do as far as from the management standpoint and then had to do all the administrative stuff. So got to learn a ton. And so that was really good for me. Yeah. Then it was just kind of time, you know, that that job was make a decision whether I wanted to stay there long term or if it was going to be something that I wanted to control my destiny and try Try my hand elsewhere, so then I made the move to Planet Fitness. Mm -hmm. I did their Nashville Regional Facilities Operations there for a really short stint. And that was really one of those things that when I work for the government, everybody tells you, yeah, you work for the government, you're working for your retirement, you're working for all the benefits, you know, the pay's not as good, but you can offset it with all the benefits and stuff like that. And you get locked into this status of thinking you have to have the benefits or the retirement. or Mm. And so it was hard for me to leave. And so I think really Planet Fitness was a good transition job for me because it showed me that even when I went somewhere else, I don't think the insurance was even the benefits part. The insurance was like that much more than I was already paying at the government. The biggest thing that I can see looking back that the government was really generous with was the vacation time part. Yeah. Because uh, you, I mean, you built up, off. you get a lot of time off. Got and you had off. a pension there, which is not yeah. something that people have anymore. And True. I do think that is a a good benefit for sure. But I've heard since then a lot of that's gone down. I don't know for sure. I don't know if like a new employee going in now would get those kind of benefits yeah. as far I'm as I'm just the saying pension. what you received, yeah. But yeah, I received uh, a well or, or you know did well there. For the that. option for that, yeah. But anyhow, I always knew in the back of my mind that there was something else. I just wasn't content. So I went after the Planet Fitness thing. And shortly after that, that's when my dad wanted me to come back and help him. Mm-hmm. He was growing just, he had switched from, in between all those years, he switched his business from just being general maintenance to a full electrical company. Yeah, and, because he had become licensed right, and all yeah, that as an electrician. Yeah. And mm-hmm. kind of formed an actual electrical LLC there and stuff like that. So. He needed some help, wanted some help, and so we took on that adventure and mm-hmm. kind of went back with that and kind of got it going there and uh, had a, a good time doing that. And But shortly after that, I realized that <laughs> I'm getting old. Your body does not enjoy that kind of work. No. Yeah, because um, you were very hands-on laborer work. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So It wasn't like you were just sitting behind a desk yeah. telling people what to do. You yeah. you were the one setting up jobs and then working the jobs a lot yeah. of the time. 
crawling in the crawl spaces and attics. And I've told my dad many times, you know, I take my hat off to him because he's still doing that kind of stuff. And after all these years, he still does it and he loves what he does. So I just, that wasn't something that I wanted to do long term. And so now I am older and it does affect my body to do the physicality stuff of it. So I left working for him. It was a good breaking point and went back into corporate America working, doing facilities operations for a healthcare company mm-hmm. doing on healthcare buildings, taking care of their uh, buildings. And it was, I mean, it was a good job. Don't get me wrong. But again, we're back in corporate America yeah. and the frustrations of corporate America were very obvious and very mm-hmm. evident. And just the, I think the nail in the coffin for me, when I got to the end of the short time there of going back into corporate America, realizing that my time is not my own. And that in corporate America, a lot of times, and this is not jabbing anybody that works corporate America because we need that in our country. I work corporate America. And you work and corporate America. I actually America rather enjoy you, it. You love it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's not a job. I'm saying for me. For you. Yeah. That's um, what this is. This is your journey. Yeah. And for me, mm-hmm. and we'll get back to the journey part there in a minute. But for me, the journey of corporate America was very difficult. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I can't have somebody tell me what to do. That's not about what it's about whatsoever. It's about the fact that, you know, in any job, when you leave and go on vacation, mm-hmm. you know, are you able to walk away and take a break? I mean, because that's what it is. That's what a vacation is. That's what a yeah. holiday is. That's what all of it is, is a break mm-hmm. from that day to day, that routine, because we all need a break. We need to get away. We need to be able to shut off that part of our brain that is overworked mm-hmm. because we're at work more than we are at home. Right. We're working hard to build our equity our mm-hmm. life. And when I realized that all I'm doing each and every day is just going in, not being able to really build my personal equity of who I want to be mm-hmm. and what my goals are, it made me sit down and take a deep look at, okay, I've got to do something different. I've got yes. to do something that's going to be long-term. What is it that is my goals in life? So it goes back to, it's not that some of my goals weren't original. Some of those goals have been goals that I've wanted to do all my life. Yeah. Or some of them goals are the goals that we've set in budgeting in our household and stuff like that. But when you realize and you work for a corporation, you work for someone else, you realize that you're working to build, you might be working Mm -hmm. to build their wealth or you're working to build their equity and you're working to get maybe a little cut of the pie every year. You might be wishing to hope to get a 1% raise or a 2% raise or maybe even no raise some years. There's been years where I haven't had anything just because budgets and, you know, certain years where they were really hard on the economy. So, and when you're working for someone else's goals, right? Sometimes that can work if it aligns with your goals. Right. And if in corporate America, if like what you're saying, if the company you're working for, if they do well, are they upfront to show you that they're doing well? Do they report their numbers? Are they a publicly traded company? Like things like that, where you can see what the financials are. And then how does that translate to how you get treated? Do you get a decent raise? Do you get some type of a bonus incentive or something like that? And I think that in the careers that you've been in, it's just not been like that. It's not really where you can... Where your goals don't really align right. with their goals because they don't make it personal for you. Right. And that is challenging. Unless you work for your dad and then, you know, he's generous. So Yeah. Your parents, <laughs> Shout out to dad. Yes. Your parents were very generous at the, during yes. the time you were at their business, for sure. Absolutely. I wouldn't consider their business corporate America, though. No, no, no. Not at they're, all. Not at all. They're lo- local owned, yeah. small, what you would call a mom business. and pop yeah. business. Yeah. yeah. It's, and yeah. so, 
in doing that, again, having that little bit of a glimpse of what not working for corporate America was huge in my time that I was with him. So going back into it, it was really tough because I liked what I did and I liked the people that I was with for the most part, we had a blast. Mm -hmm. Uh, I still talk to him today, you know, but the caveat there is, again, we go back to, you can like who you're working with. You can even like what you do, but Mm -hmm. in the end, if you're not accomplishing your goals Mm -hmm. and those are short-term and long-term goals, then you're not going to end up being happy because you're just going to feel like every single year, every single day, you're spinning your wheels trying to make it to the next level. And you don't know if that next level is going to be there. We're in a we're in a generation, we're in a world now where you're not promised. You know, we as Christians, we looked at it at, look at it as we're not promised tomorrow with our lives. Yeah. Because God has a time for us. Yeah. And in our jobs, unfortunately, we're in a place where we're not promised tomorrow because of what you know, the economy or just job, you know, layoffs or whatever. And so it's kind of unsettling, you know, depending on what you're doing. So that aspect of it for who I was working for, I wasn't worried about losing my job. I wasn't worried about, you know, the job shutting down because it had to be done. And that's kind of the, kind of the benefit of the job that I have been in and the career that I've chosen is it's more service oriented Mm -hmm. to where if somebody's not going to do it, you know, it's still got to get done. So they're going to need somebody to keep up with the building the air conditioning goes out that whole building shuts down because there's a lot of people that are dependent upon that so in the operations of facilities i never felt like my job was in jeopardy right i never felt that aspect of it but the flip side of that that i've always said and it's kind of sad in my opinion is the operations part of the building the thing that keeps the building going and the Mm -hmm. people comfortable and the lights on and the plumbing working are usually typically the lowest paid people yeah it's very true. The scale is so crazy. And I've even talked to people in upper management of operations through the years. And, you know, that was a big issue. And I remember that being a, you know, a hard thought process early on going, okay, I really like what I do. I love, you know, working with my hands. I love being able to fix things and I love being able to build something. And I love being able to see projects like that come to an end and, you know, see the, what happened with what yeah. I did, you know, or whatever even a project that I was over that I didn't physically have to do, but seeing that kind of stuff. But then in the back of your mind all the time going, we're still the underdog. (laughs) That's what it felt like. You know, it felt like, you know, nobody knows who we are until something goes wrong. Right. That's frustrating. At the same time when that came, because I did budgeting for a while and that was an eye opener where I saw that there wasn't much room for, Hey, these guys need deserve to be paid more. Mm-hmm. because they're the ones keeping us alive basically in these buildings where we couldn't do our job. It's not looked at like that. Mm-mm. And I remember having to really scrap and fight for raises and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even my boss, uh, you know, over me, you know, we did the, a lot of that together. And I remember times where it was just a lot of fighting just to get us up to a minimum standard. Yeah. And we would see other people, whether it be in the insurance or the IT or, just any other department would come in and they'd make a lot of money quick Mm -hmm. because those jobs were weighted so much. Mm -hmm. And what we did just wasn't as important, but it really was. It really was. And I think that the skill set might look different. So someone who does, like you're saying, IT or insurance or those kind of careers, they have had to have 
a certain type of educational background, like maybe they needed a certain degree in a certain thing from college or have completed certain certifications. But in maintenance, a lot of times when you're hiring those people in, you might not require a lot of background history or a lot of certification or formal education. But what those people learn, the hands-on training that they get and the repertoire of information they have and the things that they can do. Right are incredible. Like I could not right. walk in and be a maintenance person for anything. I don't know right. how to do any of that. Right. So their skills, while they may look different, what you're saying is they should be treated with value. And that's right. kind of what you ran into a lot is right. for yourself or for the people that you managed when you were in those roles that it seems like the powers that be, if you will, who determine right. who gets paid what and what your level of pay tops out at. Right. It, it just didn't feel like what you were doing was as valuable to those people. And that's very discouraging. And then right. what happens, especially when you're in management, you have a high turnover. High turnover. Beca- constantly. And that is also difficult because you have spent maybe the last year really training this particular mm-hmm. employee on all the different buildings, especially when you worked for the county. You had so many buildings that you were in charge right. of. So it really takes a long time for someone oh, yeah. to learn all the different buildings and the ins and out and what's needed and what's expected. And then they get an offer from oh, another yeah. company to do a very similar job and they're making five to $10 more an hour yep. or they're guaranteed better benefits or better quality yep. of life in some way. And that, I remember that being a frustration for you. It's like, we yeah. spend all this time training them and then they just go walk away to make more money. <laughs> you know, that's hard. Yeah, it's hard. So I had the same experience. I mean, I got paid well at the last job that I had with the operations and it was in the maintenance role. So Mm -hmm. I was having to do a little bit of everything, but then you don't have that work-life balance. Right. So there's a whole nother aspect of the corporate world is work-life balance. And those go into those goals. What are my goals? What do I want to be? What do I want to do? How Mm -hmm. do I want to have the interaction with my family? And how much interaction do I want and how much is my job handcuffing me to a job? Right. You know, it's just a lot of things that I had to sit back and go, okay, let's look at these goals. Have I accomplished my goals? And some people might not have those goals, I guess. I do know people that I don't think have goals. They don't have, they just work because, well, I got to make a paycheck and I've got to go, you know, go in, put my hours in so that I can pay the bills and go home and, you know, that's it. That's the end of it. And that is great. But I know a lot of people, and this is kind of where has projected me, I think, to where I'm at today, has projected me by hearing others' goals of, yeah, years ago, man, I wished I'd have done this, or years ago, you know, I wish I could have put it to the point where my retirement stage, I'm able to, you know, have more money or have more time, you know, and I've always lived with the mantra that I'm going to have to work till the day I die. (laughs) <laughs> because you know what I mean? You know, we live in a, in a world where they tell you social security is going away. We're not going to have social security. You know, I'm working to put all this into social security. And I'm not going to have social security by the time I get there. And we work in a world that unless you're able to contribute to a 401k like heavily, you know, that you're not going to have this great retirement. You might be able to get by, you might be able to And have, even that's not guaranteed because of the stock market. <laughs> again, yeah, that's where I was going with that. So you got, you, you contribute heavily to your 401k and then the stock market crashes or something and it's gone. You don't know. Or, you know, a lot of jobs don't give you, I don't think hardly any jobs, I think the government does, but you don't get the pensions. No, that's you know? really not a thing. So anymore, you work 30 years for a company that if you didn't plan for a retirement, you're not going to have a retirement other than social security and you can't live on it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not enough. 
And so when I look at goals and I sit back and look at goals in the last several months here, I've just decided that I need to pursue those goals. I am 43. Yeah. So I'm not really where I would think that I would be. Whenever I look back at my goals, I I was kind of thinking that I'd be more on the line of being able to, at this point, put it in cruise control, finish out another 10, 15 years at a job that I've been working at and build up, like I said, you know, your tenure there, your, you know, your income and all that kind of stuff. And it just wasn't happening for me. I was realizing that I was going down a path that I'm just going to be on repeat, walking through the same motions. Mm-hmm. And you were really, dealing with a lot of discontentment. Discontentment, exactly. And so I wasn't making it to my goals. And so kind of sitting down and I was able to connect with what we call a career ownership coach. Mm-hmm. And so he started walking me through goals and what my goals look like and what my desire is for my lifestyle goals, my income goals, uh, my long-term equity goals, my wealth. And through that process, I was looking at not just, okay, what's next for my job? It turned into what is it that I want for my goals? Who is it that I want to be and what I want my future to look like? Like your life goals. Your life goals. Exactly. Whole life. Yeah. So through that and through that process, I expressed to him that I was interested in my ultimate dream would be to own my own business. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay, cool. And so he showed me some business models that were available. And I was just like, "Eh." (laughs) (laughs) nothing really jumped out at you. Didn't jump out at me. It was much the same of what my skill set was and Mm -hmm. something that I probably could have done very easily. But I just wasn't wanting to do that. I was wanting to make it count and do Mm -hmm. something that made it count. So through long conversations or several conversations with him, it came up. He's like, well, would you like to do what I do? And I was like, I never really thought about that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I started researching. He gave me some information. And so as of June of this year, I have decided to be a career ownership coach. Yeah. And to do what he does and help others to just help them through their process of learning what their goals are for their life and what their um, goals are for their career. Yeah. And I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it, too. I think that you've worked really hard to get to this point. And it has been a journey and it has been a process and you have had a lot of wise counsel along the way. We've asked for prayer from a a lot of people just through various stages of your careers that you or jobs that you've had just your life career. And it's no accident that you're here at this point. I think there has definitely been a lot of fear that has been a a hold back maybe. And it's. And as I'm learning through training, fear is the number one driver. Yeah, I think we all would agree. Keeps us from gaining or attaining our goals. Yes, because Um, it is scary to think, and especially in the culture that we live in, like what you were saying about, oh, you need to contribute X amount of dollars to your 401k every year, or you're not going to be able to retire when you want to, or when you retire, you're not going to, you have to really watch your spending. Like this is kind of the American culture that we live in where you have to have good insurance for healthcare. You have to have a good retirement plan. You, you'd be really great if you can retire at 55 or 60 years old, because you don't want to keep working until you're an old person. Well, you know what? Everybody's different and not everybody is supposed to retire at 55. Some of us are meant to work for longer than that. My dad is 71 years old 
and loves to work. Like if you, (laughs) if someone makes him retire, it's going to kill him. Like he's very physically fit and mentally capable. Like why does he have to retire just because someone else says that? Because that's not how he's made. You know, he's not made to retire and travel the world. Like those are not his goals. That is not something he wants to do. So to try to put him in that quote American dream. It's a mold. Yeah. It's not fair because that's not what he wants to do. And I think that's kind of where you've been living is your American dream. If you will, your life's goals and your life's dreams look different. And it's just taken a while for you to pinpoint that. Mm -hmm. And there was a time in our life when you did just need to have a steady job Oh yeah, because you were the primary money maker in our family. Because when we had our kids, we decided that I was going to stay home Mm -hmm. and I did work a little, but I mean, it barely covered our groceries probably, you know, for a long time. So you did kind of have to stay hemmed in and pinned in a little bit in corporate America because it was what was safe. And when you're the primary breadwinner, you need to do what's safe. And so I think it's just easy to get trapped in that mindset to where within the last couple of years, you know, I've gone back to work full time and you've started to realize this is not the life that I want. Like some of these career choices and things that you've gone down and, I think that having that support behind you of people praying for you and people, you have a, a oh, friend yeah. that you've had yeah. for your whole life, pretty much. He was like, he was trying to talk you through, well, what if you tried this as far as owning a business or working for yourself? And you were like, well, but what if this happened? And after about the third time you said he was like, okay, well I can keep giving you scenarios and you can keep giving me reasons why you're scared to do it. Yeah. And you were like, Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. he kind of just called you on it, you oh, know? Yeah. And when you came home and told me that, and I was like, well, that's kind of what I've been trying to say for the last like year or so. You and I had sat down, I don't know, probably 10 years ago or so and kind of said, these are our goals. Like this right. is what we would like for our family financially. And I had told you like a year ago, just because we said that 10 years ago, doesn't mean that yeah. has to stay the goal. Like your goals yeah. can change mm-hmm. and look different because you change and look different. Right. So I'm just really proud of you that at 43 years old, you're taking a risk and going, okay, um, I'm out by corporate America. I'm diving in. You've bought a career ownership coaching franchise and you just went through a week of really tough training. Like when they said eight to five, they meant eight to five, like every day, just pouring into you. And they also, even before you got to this point, before you got to the point where you're like, yes, this is definitely what I do. I want to buy into this franchise. They had so much training even before that. Like you had so many meetings with them. They were very inclusive with me. They wanted to know your spouse was on board. They let me jump in on several of the phone calls and kind of be in the discovery process with you, which I'm very grateful for because it helps keep us on the same page. I don't feel like it's your thing. I feel like it's our thing. As I'm learning, though, I don't think that's the norm. So that's why I do appreciate them being so supportive in doing that. And I think they loved it. But it's not the norm that couples sit down and talk about their goals. Yeah, And they sit down and talk about what they would like to do. And then some one partner might venture into, all right, I want to see what else is out there. And the other partner sometimes doesn't even know that they're doing that. Yeah. And it's pretty crazy, but that's just something that's different. You know, we've talked to a lot of people that one spouse or the other might have a dream or a goal that is different than the other spouses. Mm -hmm. And that's not saying that's not okay because we all are individuals, but at the same time, that's got to line up, you know? Yeah. And you got to have the support. So if you don't have the support of your spouse, then 
it's pretty hard to make changes. So I do appreciate that aspect of having the support that you've given me. Well, I'm happy um, to do it. I think we do live, I don't think, I know, we live in a very selfish culture. Right. Like that's another thing, kind of the American dream, American culture. It's like, don't worry about who's in your way. Just go for your goals yeah, and go for your dreams and do what yeah. you want. And while I do think that there's something to be said for determination and really striving for your goals and working hard, there's your goal should also include, though, a whole lot more than just what your career is. Yeah, you've got a family. You've yes, got... you should think about the family around you, whether you're married or not. Like, you still have right. people in your life that care about you and that your decisions or your behavior affects them. Yep. So you have to think about the people in your circle. And, like, yep. for us, that's our marriage. And our marriage is a goal, like staying yep. married and staying happily married and staying fulfilled and content in this relationship that God has given us, like that's part of our goals and raising healthy kids and well-rounded kids right. and being with our kids and spending time with them. Like those are part of our goals. And so when we're thinking about how to change a career midlife, a lot of how you do that successfully is to include the people around you. And it's not because you're asking for their permission. Right. But having accountability in your life and listening to the wisdom of other people mm-hmm. in your life, it matters. And yeah. I think sometimes that's why people fail. Well, what I would consider fail in what they're right. doing. Yeah, your business may boom and be off to a huge success. But if your family is falling apart while that's happening, right. that is not successful. Yeah. And I don't think, and I don't want to say this in any way, but I don't think that any of my past experiences are in any way negative because what I've learned there and in those experiences and in those jobs has gotten me to the point that I am. Oh, I agree. So it's not a, woe is me, I've done all this and I didn't get anywhere, blah, blah, blah. No, each job, each transition do I want to look back and have so many transitions? No, uh, because each transition was hard. But in each transition, in each job, taught me a little bit more about who I am and where I need to be. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't until I got to that point of clarity that I was able to say, okay, this is what I want. Yeah. And I know it's not this. And everybody has to get to that point. You have to get to the point where you are, A, realizing that you are happy. Mm-hmm. And that you are fulfilled in what you're doing or what is it that I'm missing that I need to be happy and fulfilled in what I'm doing. And so that's where I'm at as a career ownership coach is I'm here to help others through that journey Mm -hmm. of what it is that they want in their career, what it is they want in their wealth and their equity and then allow them to explore those possibilities. It's the cool thing about what I'm going to be doing is that I am not a broker. I'm not a recruiter. I'm not out trying to find jobs for people. I'm not a broker trying to sell people things. Mm-hmm. I strictly am able to coach. Yeah. And through that, I'm able to help others find their clarity on who they are, who they want to be, what their goals are for their life, and how can they achieve it. Mm-hmm. And so it's just through a process of coaching. And it's really exciting. Just every day is going to be different. Yeah, Uh, because every person is different. Everybody's journey is different. So hearing about others, hearing about what they're going through, where they're at and where they want to be and hopefully seeing them come to that same point of clarity, Mm -hmm. whether that be staying in corporate America or maybe that be through an adventure of owning their own business. Maybe it be through a transition in their own career mm-hmm. to another corporate job, whatever that looks Maybe like. Maybe even back to school for to some be people. back to school. We know that's people correct. who have gone back yeah. to school, middle yeah. aged. Make a complete career change. That's what my job is, and that's where I'm going to be. And the ultimate goal for me was to have a job, have a career. It wasn't just to be a business owner. 
but mm-hmm. it was to have a job and have a career that gives me fulfillment to where I go to work every day and I'm excited to do what I do and to help others. And I've had that throughout my career. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong whatsoever. But in the end, in those careers, even as happy as I was in helping others and being able to see their goals come to life, I still felt in the end that what I was doing was still being handcuffed by corporate America in my personal goals. So I might have been happy. Yeah. Even though I was happy doing what I was doing, I might have been missing out on a couple of these other goals that I had. Mm -hmm. So finding something where all the goals are aligning together. Yes is what my ultimate dream is. And that's where my point of clarity has come to the point that through this, I'm able to help others find their goals and that fulfillment of doing that while building my own, seeing my own goals come to fruition, to be able to see the ability to spend more time with my family, maybe it'd be travel more, you know, whatever, which we've already been able to do. Yeah, Um, we have. As so, evidenced by us going to Connecticut. Yeah, last so that's week. where we were for the training. It was in Connecticut, yeah. in Little Southbury there. The travel back was not very pleasant. It wasn't. We had such great travel experience on the way there. Yes. And we didn't even realize how fortunate we were until we yeah. arrived. And we were finding out all these people who were supposed to come to this meet and greet that we had yeah. the day we got there. They weren't able to come because their planes had been delayed or flights had been canceled. Yeah. No rental cars were available. <laughs> like there were just all these scenarios insane. and situations. And we yeah. were like, we had a smooth wow, ours there. was pretty smooth. Yeah. We literally had no problems. But then <laughs> we then had we to come, come back. back and we're it in route to the airport. So we were leaving Connecticut. We hadn't been on the road, but maybe 20 minutes, minutes or maybe. so. Yeah. And we get a notification that our flight out of LaGuardia was canceled. And, <laughs> and it was rescheduled for two days later. so kind of them to reschedule us for literally 48 hours later. Like we right. were supposed to fly out at 630 on Friday night. They rescheduled us for 630 on Sunday night. And we were like, well, that's really not going to so work. So we would have had to turn the rental car back in, in at LaGuardia there. Mm-hmm. And then find somewhere to stay for two nights. All the food New expenses. Mm-hmm. New York City uh, for two nights was like no and we just so did not want and we able, had our car parked at the yep. airport in nashville we had what yep. i had to pay for that like just all these things in our head where we're like this two more days so you were able fun. to get us flights out of a airport in hartford connecticut yes and so we turned around in about <laughs> face and had to book it to yeah, get there because to try to get there because the flight was, a, was earlier. It was a flight that was earlier, and we were already going in the opposite direction. We were yes. in the wrong direction of that airport. <laughs> so we did a UE, turned around, got back going in the opposite direction, ran through the airport. Yeah, but we made, made it. And we made it. We, we had were like so 30 happy, minutes. so pumped. And that flight was not direct. That was a layover in Baltimore that was originally a two-hour layover. Yep. And turned into a four. And then we're sitting there waiting almost to the point where it should be starting to board. And they come across the intercom and say, we're sorry, but your pilots have not arrived. <laughs> they are <laughs> they stuck. They were delayed. Yes, they were, they were delayed. So evidently everywhere. the storms, there's just been multiple storms, probably with all this heat and everything. There's multiple heavy storms that have been coming across the United States. So that's what was delaying everybody else on mm-hmm. their way up. And then it was still in the area. Multiple storms are popping up all over right now. But those strong storms are what causes all those delays in the air. So we had to wait another two hours (laughs) for pilot. And then we get on the plane, get loaded up, and somebody was lost or something because we all sat on that plane waiting for somebody that was lost. Yes, It was this lady whose dad, who was 82, 
was supposed to be getting on the plane and apparently they were meeting at that airport and getting on our plane. Yeah. I don't exactly know the story. Like she had not yet laid eyes on him. It didn't sound no, like, uh-uh. but she knew he was there. She was, he was coming off of another plane Yeah. and try to meet her at the gate to where they could get on this plane together to go <laughs> back. And oh my God. So our flight was already delayed two hours and then we were probably delayed another half hour oh, on the runway waiting for this man, just which sitting in, a plane. in hindsight, or even in that moment, I was thinking if this were me, I would be so thankful that they yeah. were waiting or if I was yeah. this woman and my dad was coming or whatever. A packed flying, but plane the full problem, of people. The problem was a lot of people on our flight had connecting flights once we yeah. landed in Nashville. Like there so were t- at least two it. different connecting yeah. flights and they had already, the one flight they'd already said, y'all are not going to make it because of our delay. Yeah. And so they already had kind of worked with those people. But then there was another connecting flight where they were like, y'all are going to be really close. Yeah. So you can either go ahead and reschedule here with us here in Baltimore, or you can wait till you get to Nashville and try to reschedule with Nashville if you want to kind of chance it. Well, a lot of those people got on the plane thinking, I'll go to Nashville and chance it, because they were saying you might have 20 minutes to make your connecting yeah. flight. Well, as we're sitting on that plane waiting, I'm yeah. like, yeah, there went that 20 minutes. They're not going to have that window now. So, man, that's the downside of travel is um, that is yeah. just the the air travel is unpredictable but you know road travel is unpredictable because how many times do we drive at the beach and get stuck stuck in a traffic jam or whatever so that's the downside of travel but i am willing to face it to travel more (laughs) well and that's one of my goals in my business is that i can be free to travel more because that's the beauty of what i'm going to be doing is i'm going to be remote and i can do what i do from wherever yeah so that was one of my goals and that's kind of one of the processes as you go through this coaching process is finding out is that what you want do you want the freedom to work from wherever you want to work do you want the freedom to be out and about in a community while you're working Mm -hmm. you know whether it be in a service industry do you want to be in a brick or brick and mortar behind a retail store you know working where you know yes you might have the ownership of that retail store where you can go and travel but you still have the responsibilities of having to make sure that your store is functioning, your company is still going, or do you want to work in corporate America where you're stuck behind a desk or you're at a specific company that says, hey, you've got to travel all the time, you know, you got to do sales and there's so many aspects of careers that are out there and that none you don't of them think are about wrong it. and none that's of them are wrong the, the exactly. beauty and of, that's the beauty is we, we need that yeah we all world. have different we have to have that ambitions right and so that's just kind of the goal for me is to help others just realize what those ambitions are and where they can utilize them the best for them right. to be able to again it's not just attain a goal of having a job mm-hmm. it's to attain the goal of Will this job fulfill my needs for my lifestyle, my income, my wealth, and my equity? And so that's where we're at now. We're on this adventure of coaching others to fulfill their lifestyles, their income, their wealth, and equity goals, and to be able to hopefully see that come to fulfillment for them. Um, And in the meantime, hopefully that's going to be able to fulfill mine for my income, lifestyle, wealth, and equity. And so we are excited about that. It's going to be so um, good. So this episode is dropping on Monday, July yep. the 17th, yep. which also is your first, quote, official day of official business day. with your new career. Yep. So you do have some appointments scheduled for Monday when this episode drops. So yep. if you're listening to this on Monday, July 17th, or in the few days following, if you'll just think of Craig and 
say a little prayer for him that he'll just, I don't know what the words are, but start have, off strong. Yeah. Start off yeah. strong because yeah. he has learned a lot and it's so just going to take practice. Yep. And that's what they really encouraged yep. him at his training is it just takes practice. You just have to meet with people and have these conversations. Cause like you said, no two conversations are going to be the same. No, You're talking huh. to all different people from all different walks of life who are just interested in possibly mm-hmm. doing something different with their career. And so it does take time to acclimate yeah. to that. And so if you think of him, just say a little prayer that it's going well and that he'll just have the right words for people and that he'll have the patience he needs to keep learning. Yep. Well, I guess we can put the, put my website in the notes. Of the, yeah. If I'll you, put- want to check out my website send it on to anybody that you think might benefit from something like that you know shoot it out there yeah, shoot it's me a, a totally message. free service so so free service doesn't to, cost you anything but your time to yeah. just check it out yep yeah so that's me in a nutshell i'm really proud of you for sharing with the people about what's been going on in your life because it's actually been going on for a while yeah. Like probably since we started the podcast, you've kind yeah. of been on this journey. Absolutely. So we just haven't said anything because it's not technically official until you've gone through the training because you yeah. can't really do a whole lot with it. So now that you've gone through the training, you're official and here you are. And I just think because we have lived all this life up to middle years, middle age years, and we know a lot of people who do tend to transition mm-hmm. at what what you might consider an inopportune time or maybe right. they want to transition and they just right. think oh I, you know I've already been doing this. Do this yeah <laughs> like or they've had the same job for a long time or they're like you and they've gone through different jobs and they're like no I I need to do something steady and stable right. and we let that fear drive us and so we want this podcast to be an encouragement that if you feel God pricking your heart that there's something different for you maybe it's in addition to what you're doing now yeah. or maybe Maybe it's a complete opposite yeah. of a career change or maybe it's a move. Like maybe your yeah. family is considering, you know, moving, relocating to a different state or there's just so many things in life that bring us fear that mm-hmm. I just think sometimes when we hear someone else's story of, wow, well he was 43 years old and he went for it. You know, yeah. I just think that can be encouraging. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. It's scary. <laughs> It's a, it's a definitely a adventure and, you know, something that I am proud of who I'm in the adventure with, specifically, you know, you, um, but also in the company that I have invested in, they are a team uh, and they're there and they have your back. And so we, I felt like I got a lot of brotherhood out of my you did. my group that yeah. I have. So. You had a great and training a team <laughs> and a sister. You had a great training team. Yeah, a great training team. So, and, and it's something that is really cool just as a sidebar in the franchising world is that when you, you know, a lot of people think about, oh, well, I want to be a business owner. I want to start a, a business of my own and have that business. You start that business and you're it. You're the sole only person that you have to fall back on. Yeah, you really have to look and, for community, like trying to get plugged in in your local yeah. community and stuff. It's not just and so with franchising, what was attractive to me about franchising and by my <clears throat> purchasing my franchise was that I have a community of people. You have a business that has been in business for forty years mm-hmm. that you fall back on their knowledge, their experience, and you're not alone. Um, right. I will have a business coach from here on 
that I have a professional business coach that through them that is going to help me in those times that are rough. I have a marketing team. I have, you know, the IT, you know, just stuff that has been in place that has been made them successful and lots of other franchises successful is in place to help you and to continue to help you to be stronger. And so I think that the idea of business ownership for most people is so daunting and fear that they don't want to step out because they are by themselves. They don't know what the next steps are. And that's where the caveat of buying a franchise might be a -hmm. better suit or a better fit because you have the team, you have the backing, you have somebody behind you to help you along your journey and along the way. You got to put a lot of work in on your own and they expect you. And as anybody would, it's your business. But if you need help along the way, you have a support team and, so yeah. that's what's exciting about this adventure, and I think that I'm uh, definitely going to enjoy it. And I it's think just so. going to be a tough start because <laughs> I know, you know, we all have that desire to be successful and right. to, to know we made the right decision or we're going in the right direction. And, you know, I, I have felt that, and uh, I would like to just kind of see it. Get, I can't wait to see it get started and get going. So, Monday, here we come. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be great. I'm excited to watch it happen yep. so it's been a fun journey so far so right, thank well, you again for about me sharing. we'll talk uh talk again later all right bye everybody right. bye everybody and that's a wrap for this episode for the how-to gurus thank you for listening and please subscribe rate and review the how-to gurus on your favorite podcasting app